0: Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of CTRM Radio. I'm Gary Vasey, and later on, I'll be joined as usual by my colleague, Patrick Reams. Well, over a year ago, Patrick and I wrote a white paper called CTRM as an Architecture, in which we argued that perhaps CTRM wasn't an application, but rather a set of applications bound together through APIs. The paper reflected a lot of discussions he and I had had over the years about the CTRM software industry and the sheer complexity and difficulty in trying to build a single CTRM for all commodities, geographies, segments and uses. Neither custom, in-house, nor vendor-supplied software seemed to meet all of the requirements, which were also being made more complex by the influx of new regulations at that time. Well, in recent months, we've been hearing a new word in our conversations with people from all across the industry, ecosystems. In retrospect, perhaps we should have titled that white paper, CTRM as an ecosystem, for that is what we were thinking at the time. We just called it architecture instead. So today, we're going to investigate this approach to delivering a scalable, comprehensive solution to what is a hugely complex problem through the use of an ecosystem. An application ecosystem allows the deployment of both deep vertical as well as broad horizontal functionality. Each part of the ecosystem is interchangeable and may be supplied commercially or built as a custom component. In essence, it could also be termed a component architecture, something that vendors like Allegro have also sought to deliver in recent years. We think that perhaps two things have helped propel the ecosystem idea. First, the move to the cloud, and secondly, the way that smaller and newer vendors appear to be moving either offering deep vertical domain functionality for a specific commodity or use case, or a broad horizontal offering designed to extract data from underlying systems and present information in readily consumable formats using dashboards or other approaches. One can now imagine users deploying specific solutions for different commodities along with a risk and regulatory reporting overlay all glued together with APIs. So today we're going to visit a number of solution providers who are headed in that direction and explore the concept to see if, in the end, this could be the approach to
2: solving the problem.
1: To get started, I spoke with Neil Palmer, Director at Beacon.
2: I think it's uh, an interesting word, uh, and certainly some aspects of that, like the modularization of uh, CTRM systems, is something that makes sense and is a thing we do see in the marketplace. Increasingly, clients don't want to to have to pay for the entirety of the traditional full-scale CTRM implementation. I I think it's also important to clarify what we mean by ecosystem. And I I could imagine people getting a bit carried away with the idea of, you know, just a, I will write an app and then, uh, you know, as long as it can plug into your platform, then somehow anything goes. And, and you know, that might be true to some extent, but we also need to bear in mind that what is the end goal here? What are these collections of functionality trying to deliver? They're trying to deliver something that will work with a very high level of reliability. Every end of day, PL has got to be delivered on time. There needs to be some structure to the ecosystem. There needs to be a a good foundation to it, uh, and there needs to be uh, a strong element of of things working in harmony with us. There needs to be a strong element of each part of the overall uh, CTRM working in harmony with other parts. So that certainly means that different providers can provide applications, but, you know, you, you wouldn't want them to be accessing market data in different ways. You'd want a common, uh, be, it, be it a platform or some central part of functionality to say, hey, this is the right way to get a price curve. This is the right way to run a risk report. This is the right way to to, to query my trade population. And once those things are well-defined, then there's a lot of scope for different applications to do their own thing, to, to offer bespoke functionality for certain clients.
1: And does the beacon architecture support this sort of approach?
2: Well, that's something that we do strongly have in mind, yes. Uh, we view a key Part. I mean, perhaps even the most distinctive part of our offering is the platform itself. Um, It's not like we develop our product and then you have the ability to develop it as well. We actually give you the same development environment that we used to build the apps so that you can build apps with your own flavor, if you like, but using the same kind of plumbing. So accessing underlying data in the same way that our apps do, taking advantage of some of the technologies that we've built into our platform. So we we, we like to support the idea of multiple organizations creating functionality, but in such a way that the apps will work in harmony and that the final solution will have uh, enough regularity and reliability and control features.
1: And you know sort of thinking about this way of looking at CGRM as opposed to the, the the sort of monolithic monster that takes you know years, in fact it's never implemented and costs a fortune, what do you think are some of the benefits uh, that accrue to the
2: users? Well you mentioned big systems. And, um, you know, I like to think, well, uh, you know, a, a big system isn't necessarily a bad thing in itself, as long as you have a complete understanding of what your requirements are. You know, if a big system perfectly satisfies your requirements, maybe it's the right thing for you. The problem is, as we know, that big systems have periodic upgrades. And That tells you that actually you didn't have a full understanding at the outset of your requirements. You need something that is going to be able to cope more easily and more economically with upgrades as we go through time. The thing that clients are asking us for is more flexibility around analytics. They're asking for solutions where we can look at the the. The enormous amounts of data that many of these organizations have, but they want to apply the latest data science or machine learning techniques. And sometimes they want to combine that with the knowledge of the state of the portfolio and the market data. Now, if, if those are held in different repositories, or perhaps in multiple repositories, then you're starting from a more difficult place. But when I think about you know big systems versus um, a a platform or ecosystem, if you like, you know I think it's all about what really is the is is the requirement here. And if you don't have a requirement for flexibility or analytics, then you know a big system might be the appropriate choice.
1: Yeah, I mean what we've seen more recently is just that um, even some of the top tier that that would would have a, an army of IT people and, and would, in the past, have, have built a custom solution. They've gotten to the point, I think, where it's like, well, why would we rebuild deal capture for the 50 millionth time? Surely by now there should be something in the marketplace that does deal capture. Our, our competitive differentiator is in how we originate deals, and that's where we need to focus our IT talent. But why do we have to rebuild the whole thing? So we kind of see this move to buy and build, and I think this ecosystem idea sort of resurrects this buy and build concept again.
2: There's another aspect to this which is scalability and maintainability. So if if you conceive the idea of a platform with multiple apps, well that sounds very very scalable because you can you can go on increasing, adding apps. But you need to make sure that the the, the service that you're offering to the, uh, the the corporation or the trading firm remains just as reliable uh, and and subject to the same high quality controls as the number of apps gets bigger and bigger and bigger so it, it's very important that whatever platform or ecosystem that you have um, actually supports the right level of rigor in, in terms of the, the quality of the applications that are being added can those applications interfere with each other can they write data where they're you know not supposed to do so so the 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 challenges of, of of controls are forefront in the minds of uh, many decision makers that that we speak to, and and at the same time, there's there's an element of. Uh, seeing these systems as not purely cost centers, but profit centers. I'd like to share with you, if I may, just a, a, a little survey that some of my colleagues recently carried out among a bunch of trading and risk um, professionals in the commodity space. They asked a the question, you know, how do you view your current technology landscape from a P&L perspective? We, we had some quite interesting and quite insightful results. Four-fifths of people responding took a really positive view of technology from a P&L perspective. Some of them said, well, it's just a cost center or it's out of my control, but they were in the minority. Four fifths of the respondents found technology to be a positive, and we find that very encouraging. But here's a Another aspect to that, though, only about one in three said that their technology was integral to decision making or a profit centre in its own right. And that, that gives us pause for thought. We think there's a lot of upside on, on on that number. In the future, we would see many more trading and risk management professionals viewing the technology itself as a, as, as a key part of decision making. To add to the angle that, you know, a, a platform is is is, is not only a utility, but it's actually a positive source of value. We find that there are many firms employ commercial developers like quants and data science teams, and currently these work uh, somewhat in isolation of the main uh, data repositories of the business, that the market data and the trade data repositories. Now if you can imagine a platform that gives them the enterprise technology tools that they they need to build scalable and maintainable tools that they can they can deliver to uh, to traders and risk managers and in other commercial internal customers. You, you're empowering those teams to add a lot more value than they do at the moment. And in some of the places where platforms like the one that uh, Beacon is is developing in in, in some uh, training environments where those have previously existed, then those firms have found that there's a lot of value to be added in, in, in taking the view that you don't just have a, a trade and risk management system. You actually have a platform, a platform that's there for development as well as for production, which which extends beyond the, the remit of just risk management, but allows you to create bespoke analytics, credit risk, you know, on-the-fly value at risk. There, there's a lot of stuff that you can do if you just, you know, unlock the keys to the data and if you have adequate computation on your side. And we think this will be more and more the, the regular expectation of clients in the future.
1: I then had the opportunity to speak with Libby Cohen, Chief Product Officer at Brady, and her new colleague, Head of Architecture, Gareth Phillips.
3: Talk about ecosystems within the software industry, and it's mainly defined by a collection of the software systems which can co-evolve around the same environment. In today's generation of software development, there's, we've come from the past of monolithic applications and building everything under one hood. And where we are today is more around separating this functionality for the industries that utilize the software and how they want to effectively bring in different integrations. It's no longer a case of one software provider is the one-stop shop for everything We, we are well aware of different industries that are the experts within their industries and we need to build a ecosystem that can facilitate that at brady the plan we have moving forward is more around the microservice architecture and how this brings together you know some flexibility to our customers so that they can be able to utilize and turn on and off functionality within CTRM gives us the ability for both small and large customers to u- use the same software. So what a small business can utilize is as effective for a large business with millions of transactions within the same platform. And also moving forward for us, it's a lot, you know, we want to move to more frequent releases, getting more features out of the business so that with this whole microservice architecture, we will have far quicker deployments and releases to our customers rather than maybe two or three a year, we'll move towards more monthly or whatever the industry needs is where we kind of head towards.
4: Yeah. I mean, if you really think of it from an ecosystem, Gary, there's so many exciting things that are happening in industry. And and Gareth is absolutely correct. No one company provides everything. But we also recognize that companies that are out there, traders that are using our software, they probably already have some best of breed solutions in-house. And an ecosystem play a allows us to have more of an open integration infrastructure that allows us to be able to add new capabilities, whether it be something that the customer already has via an interface or a third-party partner who's created the best possible solution for a special point uh, problem. And that allows us to be able to complement and give customers options. It works whether they're using an on-premise type of model or for that matter, if they're in a private cloud or a public cloud. So it just is a nice framework to open up what we're doing and allow us to be able to solve real world problems that our customers have.
1: Yeah. And, and do you think that um, sort of pursuing an ecosystem approach is facilitated by, by the movement to the cloud that we've seen over the last few years? I actually
4: do. I mean, there's so many things that are happening and the cloud has revolutionized this. In the past, from an on-premise perspective, you would see point to point integrations and they were very, very expensive. It's also kind of hard coded. But when you move into the cloud, you start realizing that you could actually use more of a open API type of approach, application integration point, which would allow you to basically have partners. And that partner may have this absolutely beautiful content management system, or they may have this absolutely beautiful financial system, maybe an accounting type package. And in the cloud, you can have your preferred partners, you can have optional types of things that are there, and it just gives choice. So it almost becomes a marketplace in its own right in order to say, choose the the system that you either already have or that you would like to use in order to be able to expand your capability.
1: We look back at the history of the sector. Everybody pursued these big monolithic applications trying to satisfy everybody's requirements. And so they built in a lot of configurability and, and necessarily complexity to configure for a small utility, for example, versus a larger utility in a different geography with a slightly different footprint. Do you think that the movement to an ecosystem-type approach helps resolve this issue, particularly from your perspective as a vendor, of having to deliver different functionality or variations of the same functionality to different clients depending upon their size, business process, footprint, geographic location?
4: I personally do. I think it allows us to scale very, very quickly. And the reason behind that is because... You want that common front end, almost like a portal type of experience that allows someone to plug in the widget or whatever the module is that they're using, and then integrate the data using workflows. That'll drive a tailored experience to the customer. And from a business perspective, because we're not having to create every possible option or every possible deviation, it allows them to get something that's really tailored to to their unique needs.
3: Yeah. I mean, historically, the the monolithic approach has always came from a business. You always start with a single functional direction and it evolves and it grows and you end up with what legacy products now in every industry have these monolithic software components which haven't separated their presentation and their business logic from and not thought about the the future as such as where we are today because technology moves so fast. The benefit of the approach we're looking towards now and by creating these these separate little blocks of functionality just will enable us to not have to think so far into the future to be able to determine everything that that needs to do and enable our teams to offer to our customers in a shorter period of time what they need and then when we have when another customer comes in and asks for potentially functionality we don't have we only need to evolve that small building block rather than the whole monolithic application and that to us offers a lot of flexibility and the cloud also enables us to reduce the time to market and to get it out there because on-premises is, is still out there and there are still customers doing it. But there is also the element of the private cloud versus the public cloud, which we, we can offer. And that to us is that will enable us to get the best software out to our customers and out to their customers in a quicker time.
4: Ultimately, Gary, I, th- I think it really comes down to how do you solve a real-world problem for the customer as quickly as possible without it being something that is a one-off hard-coded uh, type of solution, and at the same time, really make sure that we focus on our sweet spot. We are experts when it comes to trading software and all of the different dimensions associated with that. Now, that's experts in our software, but we also realize that the world moves very, very quickly. And having an expert in their own little piece as a partner in that ecosystem allows us to be able to ensure that we have the right solution for the uh, customer at the right time.
1: And we go through buy versus build cycles in this industry. Are we getting to the point where people can can actually buy and build, i.e. buy the the, the basic building blocks of a system and then build the particular competitive advantage as they see it?
4: Yeah, I think you're, you're head, we're heading in that direction. It's a big question, Gary, because you still need to have that integrated workflow. You want that integrated user experience. So you want to tailor some of these types of things and you want to make it cohesive whole. You don't want anybody to think that they're suddenly, I have a completely different user experience on this piece and that piece and it's just not working for me, but we're heading in that direction. And you see that a lot with some of the different um, ecosystem plays that you're seeing in ERP softwares or some of the different things that are absolutely happening in our industry. And
1: finally, um, in terms of support, I I suspect that it makes support of of different customers easier if it's all broken into smaller, discrete pieces of functionality.
4: The beauty of using more of a services type um, or an ecosystem type play is that it's little containers and it's typically your integration points that you need to pay attention to, as well as the way you're wrapping it together. If the underlying module hasn't changed, then you know it's going to be functional. So it's much easier to diagnose a problem and turn around a, a solution very, very quickly.
3: Yeah, I guess from my point of view, it's um, support always comes back to the, the quality from a testing perspective. When you've got a monolithic, the regression test to understand what functionality you change one part, uh, the regression testing across the whole system to because you can you can impact so much because there is no separation of concerns. It's, it's not loosely coupled. It is in, in the same house, in the same ecosystem. Well, if we can break that up and have these independent services, you can test in isolation which means when we have a support issue that comes through, you can run your automated testing to identify exactly where your point of failure is far quicker, get a fix out, and if we're utilizing the cloud from a deployment perspective, released into production for the customer as soon as possible.
1: Recently, Patrick also had the opportunity to talk with Michael Hinton, Chief Strategy and Customer Officer at Allegra. Here's what he had to say about ecosystems.
0: Another trend that we're seeing, mentioned digitalization, we're also seeing a lot of the major companies and, and even some of the mid-sized companies starting to think about their systems in terms of an ecosystem of capability, uh, not just li- simply looking for a monolithic solution, but looking for—I I hate to say—best of breed, because I think that's—it's it, a bit different in that you have a centralized capability, then you're adding additional capabilities onto that. Is that—is that a positive development for Allegro in your in your estimation? It, it definitely is. I mean, it's
5: really core to what Allegro's been about over the years years in, in first, our architecture. So the Allegro architecture has been architected very openly and allows for ease of integrations to other solutions within the enterprise and beyond the enterprise, and it, it played out in how we develop our products as well. You know, previous to Horizon, we developed in a component architecture which allowed for that flexibility, and then it was carried even further forward into the Horizon products themselves in that you can buy different product families to create that point solution that you might need, or you could select additional things to create an enterprise solution. So the flexibility of how we architect and and deliver our products lends itself to, to that very concept. Also in How we approach partnerships and then how we also approach acquisitions. So we have a number of partners that we work with that give us better solutions for connectivity, whether it be to the various ISOs or whether it be to the exchanges, those partnerships let them do what they do and then integrate with them. And then again, the FEA acquisition is a a prime opportunity of us uh, taking advantage of that solution that exists out there, bringing it into the Allegro family and deliver value to our customers.
1: Of course, I then caught up with Patrick for a quick discussion about some of the things we'd heard and what we thought as an analyst in the space. Plainly, a couple of years ago, we, we put that white paper together, CTRM as an architecture, and maybe we should have called it ecosystem. It seems to me that maybe over the last few years, and certainly whilst we were writing that, certain things have happened that might have facilitated this particular approach. One is the migration to the cloud. Do you think that's facilitated um, the sort of ecosystem approach?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's absolutely necessary. I, I think that, you know, you look at on-premises installs versus the cloud, you, uh, on-premises becomes a, a much more difficult proposition to have that kind of ecosystem because you end up using kind of what we would view as legacy technologies to try to bind all this together. So it, it becomes more of a integration nightmare, if you would, you bring additional uh, applications or systems onto that server and, and try to get them to work all together. You know, I think hopefully that's, The promise of the cloud is that there will be some uh, development of standards, if you were, to bring these things all together, you know, web services or some other integration technologies that that facilitate that. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely necessary. It
1: strikes me that the cloud is partly behind the drive. The other thing, though, that I was observing as I was sitting earlier thinking about talking to you was that the industry sort of moved there as well to some extent. You now have quite a lot of point solutions uh, that are developed either with sort of strong horizontal functionality like regulatory risk. You know, you can think of Transparent, Lysima have been around for a while, Chaos, uh, people like this. And then you've got a lot more cloud, usually cloud based, uh, very deep vertical functionality around specific commodities. And then, of course, others that perhaps have been around a bit longer. I'm thinking of the likes of Allegro, have, have sort of moved in the, in the same direction with the component type architecture. So, I mean, how, how do you see it? Do you, do you think that this is just a natural sort of trend that we're seeing because of frustration around the cost of the monolithic, you know, big high end systems, or is it just a natural progression?
0: Yeah, and I, I think you, you you touched on it right there. I think it's it's a cost and and maintenance uh, concern. You know these. As these monolithic systems age and get more, you know, broad and deep in terms of their capabilities, they become a bit unwieldy for companies that, that don't necessarily need that, that depth or breadth of, of functionality but if it's a if it's a monolithic code base they're essentially paying to have a bunch of uh, a bunch of code that they don't need and the and the maintenance headaches the you know the the product releases the patches that come with that even if it doesn't affect the the bits of the system they're using the bits of functionality they're using it it does create that that nightmare of constant upgrades and testing and all the things that that we've seen with legacy etrm ctrm products so yeah I, I think that's that's you know driven this view of modularization to a to a large degree I, I think plus becomes a more consumable product if you say you know we are truly modular and you only take what you need you're not You're not deploying a whole bunch of stuff underneath it that you'll never touch. It becomes a smaller footprint, easier to consume. Of course, the challenge there is, again, integration and, and, you know, making sure that those modules communicate with each other appropriately. And if they're from the same vendor, that's not a problem. When you start to look at other vendors, bringing in multiple vendors, I think that touches on a point you made that, you know, it becomes more of an integration problem. And and you end up with, uh, you know, the the buy and builds scenario that you, you discussed with, uh, I think it was Neil, and I, I think that's, in in many ways, is probably where the market's going to go first, is that buy and build, uh, you know, bring these modules together and creating that integration infrastructure and any other additional functionality they need to tie that together.
1: Yeah, why would anybody build a new deal capture system or a, a new settlement system, potentially, if, if they can go out in the market and, and buy one in a cloud environment, but then you know you've got your own particular uh, way of doing things, or a particular strategic advantage in the marketplace, and, and perhaps that's the bit that you build and integrate with some of the the, the procured uh, solutions in an ecosystem.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right, and I, I think that really kind of points to the problems of. of where we are as an industry is that there's really no standards amongst the various vendors. Everybody has their own way of capturing a deal or doing settlement or creating a position report. Everybody's view is a little bit different, and those differences are where the, the devil is.
1: It's an interesting point because um, one of the criticisms um, or, or issues leveled at blockchain as a potential future solution is the lack of sort of a governing a governing body and you're seeing all these industry initiatives you know all these pilotings and and um, Projects that are joined by multiple oil companies and banks, or whatever, and maybe you know, maybe, maybe there'll be a, a sort of spin-off from all of this, which is is a move to standards actually brought to bear by by some of these serious uh, big marketers and oil companies, etc., as coming out of this proof of concept type scenario that we see these days. Who knows?
0: Yeah, you know, maybe that's that's where it'll arise from. You know, you, you look at the consumer markets for an example. You you've really got Apple uh, as the one that developed the standards. I think what a lot of the vendors are trying to emulate that, that you know, that app capability, you know, we don't have an Apple in this space. So it's going to be very difficult for for somebody to say this is the way you architect and code stuff uh, that can all work together. So it's going to have to come, I think, from the consumer side, uh, that being the the ETRM, CTRM customers to say to, you know, two or three vendors, you know, this is the way we need your stuff to work. And I don't know that right now anybody has a, that gravity in the space to, to force that change, but, you know, maybe that's where it'll come from. But no, you, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's a very valid point is that, you know, at, at some point this industry is going to have to decide, you know, this is the way it's going to be done or it needs to be done. And everybody starts to kind of move in a common direction. But, you know, right now there's not the, the, the impetus on the, on the vendor side to do that. You know, there They're all in head-to-head, very competitive situations right now and they're all trying to prove their what is better and it's very understandable that they would be doing it that way uh, you know we we talked years ago uh, at one of the CTRm conferences about maybe' an opportunity for vendors to start to talk together and while a few of them said yeah we can certainly we're willing to do that there were there were others that very notably said no we have no interest yes. in doing that
1: oh well so we will see what happens I think um, as people migrate to the cloud and, and as we see some of this disruptive technology Technology finally deployed. Um, it's going to bring a whole host of changes.
0: Maybe this will be one area. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be uh, extremely interesting over the next several years, no doubt about it. That uh, You know, there'll be winners and losers, both from a technology standpoint and a vendor standpoint. And hopefully, the winners will be uh, will be those that are kind of create a more open platform that you know enable some of these cool new technologies to be a little more plug and play. I don't think it'll ever be Apple by any stretch. Uh, you know, iTunes, I've you know, the App Store, but maybe it'll be a little more consumable and, and easier to deploy from the, from the uh, uh, customer side.
1: So there you have CTRM Radio, Episode 4, CTRM as an Ecosystem. We hope you enjoyed it and found it informative, and we hope that you'll listen to future episodes of CTRM Radio Podcast. We'd like to thank our guests that appeared on the show today and we'd also like to remind you that right now we have the vendor perception survey going on and we'd like to encourage you to go ahead and visit ctrmcenter.com and fill out that survey, uh, which you'll be able to find in a number of blog articles on the site where that's located and give us your opinions about some of the vendors in the space. We thank you for listening and we look forward to being with you again in the future. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: you've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Vasey, and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.